What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news and notes. Every bit of content on the baseball side comes out over there. So make sure you are following if you're somebody who uses Twitter. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter, please go to sportsethos.com and check out all of the great content across all four major sports. We got gambling stuff. We got DFS. We have specific team coverage. There's just so much content coming out recently. It's really exciting time to be working with the company, to be following along with the company's work, specifically right now on the football side. As you know, if you're a baseball person, this is the time of year when people start to drift their focus into football. They see their team is in last place. This is when people start to absorb the football, fantasy football content. We have two new podcasts. One of them is an older one that we had that had gone uh, out of circulation for a while, if you will, that we are now starting back up, the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. We've also got a Dynasty podcast on the football side. I know you guys tend to call it Devi, I think, Development Devi. I, I think that's how it goes. I'm not a big football guy. But make sure you're checking out sportsethos.com and our football feed over on Twitter as well to get all that new content. The draft guide is also live. It's There's a lot of football content, so make sure you guys are checking that out if you are somebody who is like a lot of people in the industry, maybe not a lot, but like some people in the, in the industry, uh, starting to think about football content now that their baseball teams are not looking uh, particularly great. But today, we are going to be doing something kind of fun. We are going to be looking back on some of your responses here, talking about the best waiver wire pickups of the season. And now, we're only halfway through, so you can't really pass judgment fully on who is the best pickup, who has you know, been bust. I mean, you can generally start to see who's been bust. Guys like Alec Manoa, Sandy Alcantara, pretty clearly bust. Guys who hit. It's also, you know, there are some things that are fairly clear. But this particular question, who's the best pickup, is still, I think, yet to be determined. Because if you asked earlier in the season, you might have seen answers like James Outman, uh, Rooker for Oakland. And those guys, you know, they came up once or twice in the replies here. But there is such a long season still ahead of us even. You know, most teams still have 80 to 90 games to play. Still, we're just about at the halfway point. Some teams have played over 80. Some teams are still about 74, 75. Um, but there's still a long way to go. We don't really know necessarily who is the best pickup because there could turn into a bad pickup. You know, a great pitcher could end up ruining your ratios, blah, blah, blah. But we are going to go through and see who the first half darlings have been in terms of pickups. We'll do this again at the end of the season and see what the answers are looking like then. But for now, we only have the first half to look at. So that's what we're going to do. We'll start off with the most popular answer here. Mike Curland, he answered with Braxton Garrett. I should, it sounded like I said, Mike Curland is the pickup of the year. And he might have been if you started following Mike this year. He's doing incredible work over there at Mike underscore Curland. He's a good friend of the show. He's been on here a couple times. But he put out Braxton Garrett, and it's hard to argue with the Braxton Garrett pick. He has been just phenomenal. Like He has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball uh, at this point. And I know it sounds crazy, but he's got that 364 ERA, and even that is ballooned by that horrendous start that he had in early May against the Braves where he gave up eight runs or whatever it was. It was, a, it was a really bad start. Other than that, he's been spectacular. His most recent timeout, seven innings, 13 strikeouts. For the year, he's got a 364 ERA, a 115 whip. He's got three wins over his 76 innings, 90 strikeouts. He's doing wonders for you. He's Especially recently, over the last month, he's a top 20 fantasy player. So it's hard to disagree with Mike there. Uh, if you were able to pick up Braxton Garrett, then you're looking pretty good on the pitching side. Uh, Cody Mallory, who is a former sports ethos contributor here on the basketball side, he commented Matt McClain, another guy who it's hard to really go against in terms of the best pickups of the season. 
He's vaulted right to the top of that Cincinnati lineup. He's there at the top every single day. Not at the very top, I should say. He is batting second, but essentially at the top of that lineup. He has had 157 at-bats so far and 51 hits. That's a 325 batting average. He's got 30 runs, 22 RBIs, five homers, and four stolen bases in what's been just over a month worth of play. Ridiculous. He's been absolutely ridiculous, and that whole Reds team coming alive that the, the way they have has really been a huge reason for it. And, I mean, it's kind of a chicken-and-the-egg thing. Um, but they've come alive in part because they have shown a willingness to promote these young guys who have been so good for them. You know, guys like Spencer Steer, McLean, Ellie Dela Cruz. Those guys all came up quite a bit in these responses, and it's, you know, it's easy to see why. All these young guys have just been, have been amazing for Cincinnati. And Matt McLean has been a huge reason for that as well. Uh, it's hard to think that he could get any better than what he's done. Like, this is probably the best-case scenario. And, honestly, you might think... It could be a time to think about selling, but I, I, I find a hard time wanting to sell him at the same time with how exciting Cincinnati is. He just gained second base eligibility as well, which is a huge bonus if you're in any league, really. Uh, and that's Yahoo specific. He's gained second base eligibility because he's got the five starts at second. Uh, that's how it works on Yahoo. You even have to start five times at a position or you got to appear there ten times where there's a, you know, a defensive replacement, pinch hitter, whatever it is, uh, and then you come into the field after, whatever. Uh, but he has now second and short eligibility. The The smart move is probably to take a look and see what kind of offers people are sending out. But at the same time, uh, you, a lot of people, myself included, really want a piece of that Reds offense just because of how electric they have been. They just went on a 12-game winning streak. They have been, they've been incredible. Uh, so I completely understand wanting to hold on to McLean, too. It's very easy to argue that he has been a, one of the pickups, if not the pickup of the year so far. Uh, but it's very hard because there's just been so many great ones. Another one that came up pretty regularly in these responses was Josh Lowe. Even though it's been kind of a cold month for him, he's still been incredible as a, as a whole here. We're still talking about a 284 hitter with 11 homers and 18 steals. Over the last month, he's batting 244, no homers, but he's still got eight steals in that time frame. So it's not like you've been trotting him out there and getting nothing. It's not maybe what you were expecting, but it's still really, really, really good production. And he's somebody that was essentially free. If you're talking Yahoo leagues, he wasn't even drafted for sure. Uh, you know, all of these guys that we're talking about so far, McLean, Garrett, Lowe, they weren't drafted in your Yahoo leagues. Obviously, it's going to vary depending on what format you play in. If you're talking NFBC 15-teamers, yeah, you, you know, you're you're likely looking at guys like Josh Lowe were drafted, Braxton Garrett, like that at the end. Matt, Matt McLean, uh, excuse me, Matt McLean, he was not drafted in, I don't think, any of those leagues, any of those fab leagues. Maybe in a draft and hold, you would have seen him go. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of the responses here are are guys that weren't drafted like at all some of the responses we got were people that were drafted and then dropped I had a couple of Josh Naylor responses because Josh Naylor was dropped in a good few leagues uh, and then he just went absolutely nuts the most popular response though if I go through all of them here is probably Ellie Dela Cruz uh, Ellie Dela Cruz was mentioned there were 57 comments uh, thank you by the way for the engagement I really appreciate that and I want to say that Ellie Dela Cruz was mentioned about 20 to 25 times here. So if anybody was able to pick him up, for them, he's probably their pickup of the season. And again, we don't really know how things are going to play out over the course of the entire year. But through his first 69 at-bats, he has 18 runs, 10 ribbies, three homers, eight steals, and he's batting 333. If you're able to get in on him, before it was expensive especially, if you're one of those people who was able to stash him before you really had to pay a ton of fab money for him or use a high waiver claim, Good on you, because there's a decent chance that he does end up as the pickup of the year. There's so many great responses here that it's really hard to even decipher 
really who, and not even just through the responses, but through the production, who has been the best. Another great candidate is Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez has been just uh, stupidly good. He's at the point where he is a top 40 player. If you're looking at Yahoo rankings, 47 innings pitched. He has 54 strikeouts, five victories, which is huge. He's got five victories in, I'm not sure how many starts he's made. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm just trying to count manually. I think he's made about 11 starts, I'm going to say. He's won already five. Sandy Alcantara this year, I believe, has three victories. Uh, he's got a 134 ERA, a .98 whip. He's doing wonders. Now, he's been outperforming his advanced metrics a little bit, Yuri Perez, which does make me think that, again, he is one of those players that you should maybe think about selling high, but they are definitely fixing themselves. Uh, those FIP, XFIP, those expected stats. Earlier on, we were seeing you know the similar great ERA, sub-2 ERA, and those numbers were above four. You know The XFIP, the FIP, everything. We're talking four and a half range. Now he's gotten them down all under four. So the XERA is 349, his FIP is 303, his XFIP is 382, and his Sierra is 369. All those numbers, if you're unfamiliar, essentially tell you He's doing very good things. Maybe not as good as a 134 ERA would suggest, but he's striking out a lot of batters, 29.2%. The control has been fairly reasonable. 8% walk rate is something that you're fine with. You know, coming from a 30-plus percent strikeout rate in AAA with about an 8, sometimes a little bit higher, sometimes a little bit lower walk rate. We'll call it 8% in the minors. You have to assume that he's going to lower, you know, it's just a rule of thumb. Generally, your strikeout rate's going to go down as you go to the big leagues, and your walk rate's going to go up. His strikeout rate did go down a little bit, but it's still at an incredibly elite 29%. That's not something you see a lot. And the walk rate remained about the same. He's allowing a BABIP of 241, which is, you know, it's not the greatest in terms of, you know, expecting uh, great things going forward. You'd kind of hope it'd be a little more closer to league average, but it's not crazy. It's not like it's, Below 200 when it's you know very small sample size like this, and he has pitched by the way uh, nine games this year. I thought it was more just looking at the, just counting off my hand, but you know when you're looking at those BABIP numbers, sometimes they can take a little while to properly adjust. 241 is not the end of the world. What is something that's a little bit concerning is his left on base percentage at 94.1. That's not going to sustain. Once some of these runners who get on start actually touching home plate, and they will at a higher rate than 5.9%. Uh, then you might see him get into a little bit more trouble, and that might be partially where we see some of that regression come from. But I still think that he is an incredibly valuable asset at this point of the season. I'd still be looking in to see what you can get for him just because it's been so good recently. Like five of his last six starts, he's not allowed an earned run. Uh, and there's been some good opponents mixed in there. I know there's been Oakland and Pittsburgh and whatnot, but there's also been Toronto and the Angels. And <coughs> Excuse me. The Angels are kind of hit and miss, but a lineup with Trout and Otani as a rookie to go in there and shut them out over five innings. Color me impressed. I think that he's doing really good things, but I also at the same time would take a look and see what the offers are because someone might just offer you something stupid for him. Um, I'm trying to take a look here at some of the other names that haven't because a lot of people answered back with the same names. We got a couple of the young pitching prospects get mentioned as well. Andrew Abbott, big fan of Andrew Abbott. I don't know if he's going to be the pickup of the year necessarily, but if he keeps up what he's doing, striking out a batter per inning with a low ERA, I mean, he's not going to keep up a 1-1-4 ERA. But if he's able to give you somewhere in the mid threes with, you know, around a one, maybe a one, one whip, something like that, he's going to be in contention for the pickup of the year as well. There are so many great guys that you answered back with here. Pretty much any of those young guys on Cincinnati, like they got mentioned a lot. Um, you know, Lane Thomas was mentioned a little bit. Christian Walker, Ryan McMahon. Lane Thomas is another one. Lane Thomas has just been such a breath of fresh air. He's the t- 25th ranked player over the course of the entire season, if you look at Yahoo rankings. 
they're not perfect, but they're generally, you know, giving you, you know, Razzball is generally better. And different sites that give you dollar values for the players are generally better. But it's not going to be too far off from what you're seeing here. 13 homers, 7 steals, a 295 average, 52 runs, and 39 RBIs. 52 runs for a guy on the Nationals. That is incredible. If you're looking at NL leaders, I'm going to pull up the run leaders here. He is, where is he? Tied for 8th in all of the National League. For a team that is piss poor awful, 30 and 47, that offensively is a bottom third team, you know, to be generous about it. They're probably bottom, you know, five team in terms of offense. And he's still got 52 runs, 39 ribbies, 13 homers, seven steals, batting almost 300. Lane Thomas is another guy who wasn't drafted. If you were playing Yahoo, he's not drafted. He's somebody you could have just picked up, and he has been worth the price of admission, absolutely. Another one in your shallower leagues who has been a huge pickup, Nathan Ivaldi. If you're in a very, very shallow league, not even necessarily very shallow, if you're in a 10-team league, Odds are he might have not been drafted. After last year, it was fairly okay, I guess. You know, not a lot that you can really expect in terms of health for Nathan Ivaldi. The strikeouts weren't great last season, but this year he's just found another gear. He's dropped that ERA more than a whole run. His whip last year was 123. This year it's just at one, exactly, which is a huge, huge drop. I mean, it's a gain drop, however you want to look at it. But it's been a huge discovery, and I think, you know, especially for the Rangers fantasy managers, the Rangers, however you want to look at it, uh, for him to be as good as he's been, it's been really, really an exceptional season for Nathan Ivaldi. Now, will he keep it up to the same degree? Likely not. But even if you're in a roto league and you bank this production, what he's given you for this time of the year, and then maybe he'll regress. Maybe he regresses back to a 3-5, 3-7 ERA. You'll take it. You'll take it and you'll run with it. Now, it's not even close. You'll take that. Uh, He has been fantastic. Those are the main names that we saw come up. There's a couple of other ones that were mentioned here and there. Justin Steele, he's been great. Um, somebody mentioned that they're hoping it's Reed Detmers in the second half because he's been dropped a lot. I picked him up today. I think he'll probably have two starts this week. Now I'm a little bit uh, not 100% sure because I think the Angels have an off day in there, and sometimes they go for a six-man rotation. But regardless, uh, I think second half we should see a lot better version of Reed Detmers as well. He could be that potential guy. It's not always the guys who strike hot at the beginning of the season who become these great pickups. You know, one person mentioned Blake Snell. Blake Snell is another guy who you're not, you know, he was drafted, but he was dropped. And then, I mean, he wasn't dropped in every league, but a lot of people got very sick of Blake Snell, understandably so. And now he's looking like he's a Cy Young candidate. That's the way it can work sometimes. There are going to be players when I do this again at the end of the season. And you won't even be, they won't be on the radar as of right now. And then a month from now, they'll come up or they'll be healthy or whatever. Oh, they'll just go on a streak. They'll go on some kind of run. And that will show us, you know, how valuable they are. I'm not even sure who this will be. This will be, it's completely unknowable right now. But there will be some random player who just goes completely nuts over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. You pick them up and they stick. And it might not even be somebody who was hot at all in the first half. That's the nature of baseball. You see the Oakland Athletics win series against superior teams. You see Vladimir Guerrero not hit a home run for the first half of the season at Rogers Center. Now he's got a couple. But you see weird anomalies in baseball sometimes, and that'll be something that we look back on at the end of the year as well. Who else were these great pickups of the season? There are so many responses, it's impossible to get through all of them. But I really appreciate all you guys engaging on this tweet. We're going to keep doing Mailbag Show on Tuesday because, you know, Tuesday is my busy workday. So look out for that one tomorrow. That will be answering all your questions, trades, waiver wire, sit starts, anything that you guys got. We're going to get through them as well. We have a couple of guests lined up for this week and next week. We have a lot of fun to do up on the show, and I want to mention a couple of their names to get you guys excited. David Mendelson from Triple Play Fantasy. He'll be here Wednesday. 
We're going to talk with Mike Carter and Greg Jewett, our industry reliever experts. They'll be here Friday. We're going to talk about closers. We're going to talk about relievers in general. Next week, we're going to be looking at Britton Allen, Sports Ethos' own Britton Allen. will be joining the show here. We're still working out topics for each of these shows in particular talking points and whatnot, but they'll be here. Uh, Britton will be here, I believe, on Monday of next week. <clears throat> we're going to talk about some fancy baseball topics. Again, we're going to figure out exactly what that is. And then, still figuring out the exact date, but our good friend Paul Spohr will also be here. So a lot of good friends, all of them have been on the show before. They're going to be joining us again to talk fantasy baseball. I know it's been a while since I've been bringing guests on, but that's going to start changing in a big way. This week you're going to see a few. Next week you'll see a few. And every week going forward, I hope to give you guys at least one guest, but hopefully trying to aim for two of them and really get ramped back up. But guys, again, really appreciate all your interaction on the tweets. Make sure you guys check out the mailbag tweet tomorrow if you want to get your question answered. Again, redraft questions only would be preferable. I know there'll be some dynasty ones that sneak in there, but we'll see what we can do. In any event, reach out to me on Twitter at JoelRico99, at EthosFantasyBB for all of our new content. And, of course, sportsethos.com for everything else we got going on at the site. But, guys, take care. Have a great night. And until tomorrow, cheers, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.